airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll just see how everything shakes out in our conversation and try to get around to some phone calls. <laughs> I know it's been a minute since we've talked to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly there's some comments on past shows that we've done, in particular, maybe last week. I don't know. We'll just see. Um, but before we do that and get into our topic for today, yes. there are, are a couple of things we want to make you aware of. Uh, we talked about this on Friday, but the Heart Cry for Revival conference begins um, in a couple days. Mm-hmm. That is February 24th through the 26th, Heart Cry for Revival conference, uh, February 24th through the 26th. You can be a part of this uh, 100% online conference uh, for free, but you do need to register. Right. So you will have main presentations and then you will have workshops, almost breakout sessions, if you will. And um, Will the Great and I and Kendra um, uh, White is mm-hmm. also a part of this conference. We'll be each doing our own um, breakout sessions. Yes. And um, Kendra's topic. Oh, I'm going to try to do this from memory. I may not get the the verbiage just right, but Kendra's topic is um, a discuss a discussion on leveraging media uh, for revival. How do we use media to um, spur on revival uh-huh. in, in our in our country? She's an expert um, at that. She is an expert at that, <laughs> and the Lord has gifted her Amen. to do just that, actually. Um, and and I thank God for her. Um, anyways, and, and then our conference is on God's manifold wisdom. Mm-hmm. God's manifold wisdom, what he has revealed, revealed to us in the church, in the church yes. as it pertains to diversity. Mm. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we'll talk about that. It's something that the world can't understand, and they keep trying to give us their playbook, man. <laughs> they, you know, they keep trying to hand us their manuals yeah, and documents. And, yeah, ah, I'm like Mutombo, though. It. Come on, man. You know, not in my not house. In my house. <laughs> or, or more eternally Not in speaking, God's house. Not in God's house. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got it. You got it. You got it. But yeah, that's how we have to be. And look, we don't have to be mean-spirited about this. We just have to be resolute. Mm. We, just ha- we just have to be like, no, no. We don't have to call names. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to push and shove on people. Right. We just have to know the truth and we have to not waver. And, and that's that's actually kind of what we're going to talk about today. And, and we're going to talk about why it's so important for us to not waver. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote something of this to us um, in his letter to the Galatians. And, and we'll start there and then kind of move about the cockpit and then use. And this is what we often do. And, and hopefully anybody who's listened to the Addisons long enough you recognize that what we do is we look at um, cultural events and we filter those events, those occurrences through a biblical lens. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do that on this show, uh, and we talk about all of it, right? Well, most of it, much of it. Okay. Some of it, we talk about some of it because there's a lot going on, right? So the reason we do that 
is because what we are trying to um, show and what we are trying to model is that where we stand in culture must have biblical underpinnings or you're just sort of like, well, this is how I feel today. Tomorrow may change to, you know, this, this is where I am today. We don't know in a couple of weeks. That is not what God has called us to. God has really call, called us to be steadfast. And so in order for us to be steadfast, we must have biblical underpinnings. We must have the Bible, which moors us, which anchors us, which causes us to be steadfast. And so what we do on a regular basis is we are talking about what are the current events? We're talking about family. We talk about marriage. We're talking about life. And not only, not only as a political position, but we are talking about life. Yes, protecting and defending it, but also how we live how we live mm -hmm. for the glory of God. And again, all of this anchored by scripture. So we're going to talk about that today. And uh, we've got a, a current cultural event story, sort of uh, call it a current cultural happening. I don't know. Um, <laughs> current event. And then we'll use that yeah. as the backdrop. All right. So a couple things, mm -hmm. heart cry for revival conference. Yes. Um, you can go to heartcryforrevival.org for mm -hmm. If you want to be a part of that heart cry for revival, Dot org. It is a free online conference you can participate in. If you've been looking for things to do, you and your spouse or you and your kids or your whole family, um, a conference from the comfort of your own home might be that thing. Mm -hmm. An encouragement, mm -hmm. um, a, a, a call to prayer, call to action um, as we seek the Lord for an awakening in our country. This might be the type of thing that you can do. Amen. And it's free for you. You just have to register. HeartCryForRevival.org. HeartCryForRevival.org, February 24th through the 26th, so just a couple days. Um, so you'll want to check that out now. Just go to the website and see if it's something that interests you. If it is, go ahead and register. That's right. Now, that is coming up quickly in a couple yes. days. In a few months, um, mm -hmm. AFA's conference, the Marriage Family Life Conference, mm -hmm. is happening um, June 24th through the 26th. June 24th right. through the 26th mm -hmm. um, in our headquarters here or at our headquarters well, where we're headquartered, <laughs> it's happening at Hope Church, which is in Tupelo, Mississippi, which That's is right. where we are headquartered, the American Family Association. The theme of this year's conference is by design. Mm -hmm. And um, this this conference that is um, holy, uh, like in total, okay, not holy, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, hopefully, but <laughs> I wasn't trying to make it all like our conference is holy. Like, no, what I'm saying is, in total yeah. is providing apologetics for you to defend the truth that you assert, mm -hmm. right? Like we are making claims about who God is and about what Christ did every single day. And that th this is going to help us segue into our topic, but we are making truth claims every single day and how we live and what we do and what we don't do. I have said before, I think it bears repeating that everything that we do and every way that we live says something about what we believe about God. Yeah. Amen. It's just, it's not, there's not a, that's on Sunday. And then, you know, rest of the week is just, no, nah, don't work like all that. of your being, all of your existence, how you live yeah. says something about what you believe about God, the way you engage people, whether you just let, you know, things slide or you're like, eh, you know, we change it. We apologize. All these things that we're constantly seeing, seeing happen in culture. And so this year's conference um, will provide robust apologetics, not only for adults, but for youth ages four to 17, teaching us all how to defend the truth that we assert. And again, it is a truth that presents itself as true. Mm. You could call it self-evident truth. <laughs>
Anyway, <laughs> by design, by his very design, Amen. the truth that we defend presents itself as true. And God in his infinite wisdom, I mean, come on, made it so that we, man, we don't even really have to strain. Like he has set it up to be logical and to just make sense. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the mind that is in opposition to God cannot make sense of the things of God. It's foolishness to him. Right. We know this. The scriptures already tell us this. Right. But for those of us who are controlled by the spirit of God, led by the spirit of God, man, it's life and peace. Our mind is not hostile to God. So we can clearly see what he has done, how the truth that is preserved for us is a truth that we can defend. Mm. It's, it's not out of our grasp to be able to defend it, but, but we, but we do put in the work, right? Yeah. We do put in the work. And so this conference is one of those. Um, I, I tell our kids that conferences are just supplements to the body of Christ. The supplements, right? There's vitamins. <laughs> it was never intended to be your sole source of nutrition. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it's nah, like you would never go days without eating and then just go to your multi. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Right? You wouldn't do that. Like you wouldn't. That. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. That's not you how need. it works. You're not getting you know? what you need. Yeah. You just you do the supplement because you're like, okay, I'm I'm eating my food, but in the event that I'm deficient in some areas, you know, I might do this this extra vitamin here. Maybe I need more C, more D, that kind of a thing. And so this is more apologetics, more <laughs> more defense of what we believe and what we say in culture. Why are we saying it? Why are we living this way? Now, I'm well, you can go to marriagefamilylife.net. That's right. Marriagefamilylife.net and register for this conference. Um, lunch is included mm-hmm. when, with your registration. So you'll see a series of questions to get you and your whole family set up. If you're thinking about where you're going to go, maybe take a little trip, a little vacation, consider this. All right. Yeah. So, and let me ahead, just Will. mention this yeah. too. Um, if you are a ministry uh, and you would like to have a table you know, uh, uh, as a vendor, that's available as well. You know, um, and you can fill out the the registration form and just let us know what ministry uh, you have. Uh, but I just want people to know that you know that uh, there are spots for uh, for for ministry tables. You know, mm-hmm. vendors. Yeah. Very good. And mm-hmm. all of that information, marriagefamilylife dot net. All of it. MarriageFamilyLife.net. So let me just go ahead and and segue into what we want to talk about today. Um, Today's topic is so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved. That's our topic. So that the truth of the gospel might be preserved. One of the things that we have thought historically, I've said this before, I'm just going to say it again. Um, One of the things that we have thought before is that apologetics is only being able to talk about the age of the earth or to talk about the evidence for the flood or to talk about why we believe that God exists, right? Mm-hmm. And all of those things are apologetics. That, yeah. that is giving a defense for your faith. But one of the things I think that we have overlooked because we, we kind of run into apologetics and it becomes like a niche and then we're kind of like, okay, this is our area. You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is mm-hmm. how we want to move. One of the things that I think we miss in um, 1 Peter, so by the time we get to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, right, we've gone through 1, chapter 2, you know, and all the verses there, right? Okay, just talking about how we break it down, how the chapters and verses are added later. Okay. Right. So by the time we get to chapter three, verse 15, what has happened has been a series of sort of admonitions to the body of Christ, like live this way, do this, don't do that. And it is overwhelmingly, if not totally countercultural to the people living around them. 
right? So the apostle Peter is instructing the body of Christ to live in such a way that they are living so incredibly differently. I mean, Mm -hmm. husbands and wives are relating to each other differently. (laughs) Um, Wives are submitting to their husbands. Okay. Mm -hmm. Slaves are submitting to their masters. Mm -hmm. People are instructed to submit to authority. Okay. And all of these things are quite different from what would be culturally normative at the time. Exactly. Now here's what's amazing. When in the midst of all of this, where Peter is saying, live like this, don't do that. Remember, you're you're exiles, you're living, you're you're mm-hmm. in this world, mm-hmm. but you're not of this world, so to speak. And and but live live differently, okay? Then we get to chapter three, verse 15. And this is where for many apologists, um, the defense scripture comes in. Yeah. All right. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. All right. But here is the amazing thing. When you take that verse and keep it in its context, Mm -hmm. it is already taken into account that you're living in such a way that you're going to provoke the question. So it gives a picture of, man, you are a weirdo. Exactly (laughs) right. Counter cultural like things you are doing. Yeah. And it's not it's not <laughs> countercultural like, oh, we like that you are not living like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a shift for Americans because we're not used to it. Christians in America are not used to being different and being hated because of it. Mm. We're used to being different and people saying, oh, that's the good girl. You know, don't say that around her. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And 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 people will kind of like push back on you. But it's only because, you know, your good living has served as such a great conviction for them. No more. <laughs> no more. The context of this verse becomes vivid in 21st century America. Look at what Peter says. Even before you get to verse 15, mm-hmm. he says and this is the end of 14. All right. Um, I'll, uh, go to 13. Okay. All right. All right. Verse 13. This is first Peter chapter three, verse 13. I'm sorry. I just as much context as you can get. All right. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Now, Peter is telling you, look, you do all these things I'm telling you to do. Okay. <laughs> Some people are going to have a problem with you doing these things. Come on. But don't be afraid of them. Mm -hmm. And then he says this. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense. This is our apologetics to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Mm. Listen, this is where we are. This is where we are. And this is going to kind of be the scope of our discussion today. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. He put that hunger in your heart. He put that fire in your soul. His love is the reason to keep on believing. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like giving in, His love is the reason to keep on believing. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Unspoken with Reason. <laughs> Sherry B is over in Studio CC. I don't know if our listeners have seen uh, Unspoken has a music video for this song. Um, w- once you start watching it, it's it's a cute music video, right? It's fun. <laughs> but once you start watching it and you realize, you know, everybody that's in, 
we will Chromecast it, put it up on the TV, you know, so that you mm-hmm. can watch it and everything. Everybody can watch it. And uh, then you start thinking about the kids around you who are watching it. And you're like, mm, I got at least one who might try some of these things. <laughs> so you have to go. You have to go check that out. This is a unspoken. What's the name of the song again? Reason. Reason. OK, because I would have said put the hunger in your heart. It's not. It's reason. It's <laughs> love is the reason. OK. Yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I rely on you. Uh, so this is this is unspoken with reason. If you go, you can go to YouTube and you can look up the music video. It's cute. It's fun. Um, but you watch it. It's one of those that you go probably should have watched it first because I mean, you can, <laughs> there's an adventurous child in the video. Yeah, really adventurous. <laughs> All right, and and you know we got at least one. <laughs> and so you start watching. You're like, yeah, but you don't try that. Don't yeah. you don't try that. Anyway, yeah. it's cute. You go check that out. That's uh, that's it. reason. We got one Go in the possible. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm playing spades. <laughs> one in a possible. One in a possible. Oh, the Lord will show us. Um, <laughs> all right. Welcome back to the program um, today. Uh, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved. That's our discussion. So Amen. that the truth of the gospel might be preserved. And this is the the overarching question that I'm asking. And then we'll get into the story. Um, and then again, we will respond with a defense of the faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, and by asking a series of questions and then looking at what the Bible says. Remember, the Bible must underpin our position and culture. It has to. The word of God has to underpin our position in culture. All right. So the question is, how are we living and what are we doing right now so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved in Galatians? Um, The Apostle Paul actually makes this point when he's talking about um, these false brothers who were secretly brought in, who came in to spy out the freedoms that the the Gentile church, if you will, had and that they do not have to become Jews uh, and then become Christians. They don't have to Mm -hmm. be circumcised like they don't you know, they don't have to keep the law um, to become to be Christians. Right. And so the Apostle Paul describes them in Galatians chapter two as false brothers, right? But he says something interesting about why they oppose these false brothers. And then you look at, even as he writes further, he writes about his opposition of Peter to his face and how even Barnabas was led astray by his hypocrisy and all of these things going on. But there is something that really sort of makes his presentation of, you know, defending the gospel. If, if it's not enough that he's defending the gospel because, you know, gospel, yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> gospel. But he gives a reason for why his opposition is staunch to these false brothers here. And so in Galatians chapter two, um, I'm going to start at four. Okay, verse four. It begins with yet, which tells you that you should be going back to read three and above. Okay, I'm sorry, (laughs) but we only got an hour. Here we go. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we all have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery. Verse five to them. We did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Mm. Hmm. Now we did not (laughs) yield in submission Mm -hmm. even for a moment. Mm -hmm. So that so, and that's so important. Okay. So that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. There are moments in culture as we live counterculturally 
where we're getting pressed on all sides. And the very real temptation is to yield just a little bit, mm. like to kind of give, you know, mm. okay, all right, I'm, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to say I'm sorry because the pressure is on me, on. right? But if we have in view those that we are carrying the gospel for, do you understand? Like we are carrying the gospel just as it was carried for us and presented to us at God's appointed time. And we heard it and we responded and we received this salvation, this amazing grace of God. We then become carriers of the gospel ourselves. So it truly is like a football <laughs> that we are running with. And, and look, you know, I, I would say the difference would be, and here I am again, out of my element with the sports here illustrations. All right, here we go. Your humor here. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's just, we have some people who are set up to be blockers. Okay. I think the difference is that as we are carriers of the gospel, we are both carriers and blockers. Like we mm. got to do both. We, so could it be like a stiff arm? Like, can we put an arm out? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Does, does that work what I'm doing I, right now? I think it works. Yeah. Okay. All right. If not, just go with it. So what I'm saying is <laughs> we can't waver. I'm going to move on very quickly. We cannot waver for a moment because the gospel is preserved, right? And our being steadfast, our being immovable, the gospel is preserved for the next generation. We must Amen. think in these terms. Amen. Okay. This is why the apostle Paul said, look, we didn't give in to these false brothers. Mm -hmm. Now you think the pressure is not great <laughs> now. And I want you to think about something here. Do you think that the apostle Paul wouldn't have reason to feel like he's got to prove something because here he is. He was already a persecutor of the church. He, he sets up with going into his history for the Galatians. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that he's already facing this pressure that it's like, ah, here he is, one all after the fact. You know who he was, right? <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't. Look, how can we trust what he says, right? So isn't there like the real present kind of like, uh, ugh. <laughs> because remember, we're talking, Paul is a real person. Right, a real he's person. human. Yeah. Okay, he's human. Okay, he's a real person, mm -hmm. all right? And so he says, we didn't waver for a mm. minute. We didn't yield mm. in submission, not for a minute. Why? Because we're trying to preserve the gospel for you. So the question is, what are we doing? Like, what are we Christians right now doing? We right here, right now, what are we doing right now that suggests we are endeavoring to preserve the gospel for the next generation, to get it to them intact? What are, what are we not yielding to? What are we not submitting to? What are we not caving under the weight of so that the gospel might be preserved? This, again, should be like our driving apologetic. We are living counterculturally. We are doing things differently. It's going to provoke the question. They're going to be mad at us. They're going to be mad at us because we're doing things differently. Mm -hmm. Peter already told us this, right? But he also said, you know what? It's good that if you if you suffer, you should suffer for doing good. You suffer yeah. for righteousness. Yeah. Now, you don't suffer because you're doing bad things. Right? Right? You're going to, you're going to, but you're going to suffer. Then it's good that you suffer for, you know, righteousness sake. Mm -hmm. So here we are. Will the great posted this story. Um, Max Lucado. Okay. Now I'm going to be very generous in this. Cause I was looking at this and you know, Lord help me. It's always my cry, Lord, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so what I want to do is I want to be careful here because I can see some, I hate to say nuance when a person has used it <laughs> wrongly and it's fresh in my mind, but it is the right word to use here. Okay. 
I can see some, some nuance in what Max Licato did, and I want to address it. Um, but then I can also see the problems in it that there's no nuance there. That's just you've, you're misleading people. Mm-hmm. And remember, what are we doing? We're carrying the gospel. So we can't waver for a moment so that it can be preserved for the next generation. All right. So that it can be preserved for those that we're going to hand it off to. Okay. So here is a story. This is a Christian post article. This is the current event that we provide a biblical apologetic for Christian author and pastor Max Licato, who holds biblical Christian views on marriage issued an apology for quote, disrespecting and quote, and quote, hurting end quote, the LGBT community in his past sermons after the Washington national cathedral was criticized for inviting him as a guest speaker. Now this is what Max Lucado said. Okay. Quote in 2004, I preached a sermon on the topic of same sex marriage. I now see that in that sermon, I was disrespectful. I was hurtful. Now I want you to go through end quote. I'm going to stop quoting here. I want you to, in your mind, I want you to highlight the word hurtful. Mm Mm-hmm. Highlight the word hurtful, just yellow highlighter, or if you prefer orange, pink, whatever, just highlight the word hurtful. Okay, here we go. Um, back to quoting Max Licato here. Okay, he said, I wounded people in ways that were devastating. So I want you to underline or highlight in your mind wounded mm-hmm. and devastating. Okay. Okay. End quote. Lucato, who spoke at the National Cathedral on February 7th, continued, quote, I should have done better. It grieves me that my words have hurt. Please highlight hurt or been used to hurt. Please highlight hurt the LGBTQ community. I apologize to you. And I ask forgiveness of Christ End quote now. Um, okay. Let me see. I just want to make sure that there's not anything that I'm leaving off here. I highlight more than sometimes I read and I want to make sure that I'm not leaving anything out. That's important to our conversation. All right, I'll jump down here because, again, I want to be as gracious as I possibly can. So I want to make sure to include this information. Back to the article here. Lucado wrote that faithful people may disagree about what the Bible says about homosexuality. Quote, but we agree that God's holy word must never be used as a weapon to wound others. End quote. Now, um, and in that sentence, please highlight the word wound. Okay. So now there's a lot of talk about hurting people and wounding people, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so then my question as I look at this article was, okay, one, did Max Lucado need to apologize? Right. It'd be overly simplistic. Um, I was talking to the kids about this earlier today. It'd be low-hanging fruit to just say, no, no, we're always apologizing. But let's go deeper. <laughs> let's climb higher. Let's get the fruit that could rot because no one wants to get up there and grab it, okay? Let's not go for the low-hanging fruit. Let's climb a little bit higher. And let's say, do we have a biblical defense for wounding people with truth? Now, there are probably at this moment, many faithful Christians, there are scriptures that come to your mind already, <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I don't know, Will the Great, are, are you having some scriptures that kind of come to your you mind know, at this you know, moment? One that just popped in when you said okay. wound, faithful all the wounds of a friend. Hello. Okay. Right. But right. Multiply kisses. Multiplies too. kisses. Okay. But remember, in our culture today, we want to be kissed up. Mm. <laughs> we don't. We we just don't hurt me. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't care if the kiss leads to death. Mm-hmm. All right. But just don't hurt me. Don't make me feel any pain. That's that is the cry of the culture at this moment. 
So where do the Christians show up? How do we do this? Right. So as I was looking at this, I was reminded of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Corinthians. This is his second letter, which really, I guess. And, and, and of course, we'll flip to it. Um, I guess you could kind of look at it like the third letter to the Corinthians, because there's a missing letter when he starts out this letter in second uh, Corinthians. He's referring to a letter that we actually don't have. He's referring to a letter that's written in sorrow and uh, in anguish and all of these things. And so this is a, this is a missing letter. Right. But in this letter, he does and he does several things. Um, he starts off this letter and will the great, you often refer to this, how, you know, once he told them to expel their moral brother, then he's like, wait, 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 take him back. <laughs> he's <laughs> right. like, he's like, take him back. Like, mm-hmm. okay. If, if the man has repented, mm-hmm. you know, it's time to bring him back in guys. Like you can't just keep him out there in the cold. Actually, it's far worse than that. <laughs> you can't just keep him out there in the domain of darkness. Mm-hmm. You can't yep. just keep him out there from under the protective covering of the Lord. Okay, bring him back in, which this was a part of the deliverance, right? This was a hand this man over to Satan, Hmm. right? Let him let him come from under your protection. This this sin, this wickedness, go read first Corinthians. This wickedness is so egregious. You got to hand this man over to Satan that his soul might be saved. You got to get him out, get him out. Let him let him see what it feels like to be left to himself. So then the apostle Paul comes back and he's like, wait, okay, um, yo, (laughs) (laughs) if the brother apologized and repented, Bring them back. Right. In addition to that, in this letter, he also talks about um, (laughs) he talks about grieving the Corinthians, y'all. He talks (laughs) about he talks about hurting them bad. Okay, it is it is it is your you know. It's your, it's your, um, it's your achy breaky heart country song. Okay? <laughs> it is your R and B. I'm so sorry song. <laughs> Joe to see. Ooh, yeah. It's, I'm sorry. That's, that's, I mean, that's okay. Nehu. Nehu. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the sorrowful, like, I'm, I'm sorry that I hurt you kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> not kind of a thing. That's exactly what he's saying. All right. Hmm. So here we go. In second Corinthians. And cause I'm, I, I, as I was reading this from Max Lucado, number one, you know, you, you have the bar set high for teachers. You have the bar set really high for teachers. Yeah. So what Max Lucado says has um, far reaching effects on the body of Christ. All right. And to say nothing of the fact that, you know, just carrying the gospel intact for mm-hmm. the next generation. Mm-hmm. So in um, in Second Corinthians, chapter two, I'm sorry, chapter seven, you look at uh, we'll start at verse two here. All right. Um, I'm looking at the time. I'll try to read as quickly as I can without much commentary. You know me. I don't make promises. <laughs> here we go. Second Corinthians, chapter seven, verse two. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote. Make room in your hearts for us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have taken advantage of no one. I do not say this to condemn you, for I said before that you are in our hearts to die together, to live together. I am active. I'm sorry. I am acting with great boldness toward you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort. In all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. Verse 5. For even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. Man, okay, I can hear that. So let me just pause. (laughs) This is a great place for me to give commentary because we're going to go to the break here, lest I be found trying to read as we go to the break. So the Apostle Paul is saying, look, I'm facing all kinds of things outside the church, but now I've got fear that you guys have misunderstood what I'm trying to do for you. So I've got fear that you guys are in a position where you're now angry and upset, not understanding that there is a right reason for your anger and upset. 
And he's going to do kind of like a little like Dr. Seuss thing here <laughs> as he keeps writing because in, ultimately what he's saying is it's good for you to have the right kind of hurt because mm. it produces the right kind of result. All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Tori Kelly with Soul's Anthem. All right, let's try to jump right back in into this so that we can try to squeeze in some calls, get some commentary on what we're discussing today. But I really mm-hmm. want to drive home this point. So Max Lucado apologizing for a past sermon, sermon from 2004. Okay. Yeah. Um, sermon as old as we've been married. And he's <laughs> apologizing because his sermon wounded people. His sermon hurt people. To be clear, and I think this is this must be mentioned in this conversation, um, Max Lucado stood by his biblical understanding of marriage. All right. So let me, let me quote him here again. And then we'll go back into, you know, if, if the gospel wounds people, if the truth wounds people, are we to then apologize for what we said? Right. Mm-hmm. There is, there is, um, th- that can kind of seem like it's just like a, you know, like a simple cut and dry answer, but there is a bit of a, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, that we do when we talk about this, right? There's a bit yeah. of a dance. Yeah. And and what I mean by that is we don't wound people for wounding sake. Like you don't mm-hmm. just like, I'm going to tell it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some people are just like, that's it, you know? Yeah. And then they just go off and, and it's right. like, I gotta, no, th- that's not what you're doing here. Right. But there is an aspect and, and, <sighs> All right, let me continue. So let me let me go back to this article. Then we'll go back to the scriptures, Second Corinthians chapter seven. All right. So Lucado wrote that um, faithful people may disagree about what the Bible says about homosexuality, but we agree that God's holy word must never be used as a weapon to wound others. Quote: To be clear, Max Lucado wrote. To be clear. I believe in the traditional biblical understanding of marriage, but I also believe in a God of unbounded grace and love. Okay, Uh, continue (laughs) quoting him here. LGBTQ individuals and LGBTQ families must be respected and treated with love. Okay. They are beloved children of God. See. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, go ahead. He said LGBTQ individuals. And and LGBTQ families families are beloved children of God. Okay. Families. Mm -hmm. I take issue with that. And then he Mm -hmm. said are beloved. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. See, that's what he get. It's like, come on, man. So now the second half of that statement is true. He says they are beloved children of God because they are made in the image and likeness of God. Wait. The, yes, the, man is made in the image of likeness of God. Yes. Yes. But that does not make him a, a child, child of, of God. God. That's right. Okay. That's right. Child of God status being brought into the family of God status is reserved for those who have appropriated the righteousness of Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. 
no longer slaves, now friends brought into this family whereby Christ is our elder brother, mm-hmm. like the first, the firstborn among us, mm-hmm. not literally. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have to be careful with some of the passages that I quote because there are people who have doctrine around certain passages. <laughs> okay. In Christ, we are righteous. We become the children of God. The Bible teaches us in Romans chapter eight, that as many as are led by the spirit of God, Mm -hmm. those are the children of God. All right. So this is not even up for debate. So I, I, I would challenge brother Lucado wrong here that that that's not, that's not biblically accurate. It's not, we can't, we can't let love drive us beyond the, the parameters of, of scripture. Right. You can't, you, you, you're not, you're not about to be gooder than God. You're just not, you right. can't. Okay. All right. Um, so anyway, he says that. Then he says this quote, Max Lucado here. He says over centuries, the church has harmed LGBTQ people and their families. Mm. Just now, just, just meaning precisely, exactly like, okay. Just as the church has harmed people on issues of race, gender, divorce, addiction, and so many other things. We must do better to serve and love one another, end quote. Now, look, I I really want to get into breaking down why aspects of that, you know, are very offensive to me. Yes. But I just don't, because time. Yeah, because time, yes. Okay, but I I do think it's worth people to hear it, okay? So you just hear that and then just know that that is what is in Max Lucado's tool belt, when he's apologizing. All right. And I think that's important Man, because people can say, okay, go ahead. This stuff that you say is in his tool belt. It had to be like put there not too long ago. Like, I don't, I, I don't look, I haven't followed Max Licato like closely, but some of this stuff is, uh, is a bowing down to what the spirit of this age is saying. Like, do you remember a few months ago? Do you, do you remember several months ago when we were talking about Max Lucado because he was talking to Jen Hatmaker and he talked about the Holy Spirit and was oh, like, she or her? Oh, yes. See, that's stuff. Okay, that's all I want to remind you of. Yeah, but okay. I'm saying that yeah. stuff is relatively, like, I don't it's know if you've been saying that stuff. But you're right. In 2004. You know, no, you know. It, exactly. The point that you're, I'm, I'm only <laughs> bringing that in to underscore your point that is well made, that these things are not only new, but it's because of the current cultural environment. Yes. So it is the Man. exaltation of women and e- the Me Too movement. Yes. You know, <laughs> the latest iteration of, you know, I am woman, hear me roar, um, that has caused people to lose their minds and lose biblical truth. Lose biblical truth. Whereby you're truth. talking about the Holy Spirit and you say, you know, her, you know, she, come you on, know. Man. Yeah, come I remember on. that. That's, yes, we that is, ah. that's blasphemous. That is blasphemous. Yes. Like, you know, this apology, like you got, you got bigger fish. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is, and and look, and this is all this, this is a form, in my opinion, a form of compromise. So look, let me, let's get back to the scripture. Cause what all are we right. talking about, man? We're talking about having a biblical apologetic, like a defense of the faith. We live counterculturally. We're saying things that are different from what the larger culture is saying. Mm-hmm. And why are we doing that? Because of the truth. Right. And they're not going to like us for it. But the Bible already anticipates that and prepares us on how to brace for impact. Side note, they're not going to like you. Yeah. Side note, they are going to be looking at the Equality Act this week. I think Wednesday or Thursday, you know, in the house. And <laughs> I see all of this kind of stuff. Like He's prepared for this. He's going to be all right yeah. with it. You know, on, yeah. on, on the right side. The, quote, the Christians who <laughs> will, are willing to contort are not going to hurt so much. But the, we're going to be the ones they're going to ask the question of. 
Yeah, no, we're we're the Which look. You great. gotta prepare to suffer. If you're trying to if you're trying to secure for yourself a way to live without suffering, you're going to compromise. Mm. You must have a willingness and mm. a readiness. Now mm-hmm. our culture says a readiness to suffer. Mm-hmm. The Apostle Peter mm. told us that Jesus Christ left us an example mm. of how to suffer. Mm-hmm. He suffered so that we could learn how to suffer. That's what, that's what the Apostle Peter said. Mm-hmm. That's what he wrote. So, so look, so here is Paul writing to the Corinthians, and I'm going to skip down here. All right. I'm going to go to verse 8. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to verse 8. Okay. So basically, Paul is saying, I wasn't sure. I'm going to summarize here so you can have a little bit of context. Paul is writing to the Corinthians in the second or third letter. Have you, you know, he's writing in this letter. Um, he's saying, I didn't know how you guys were doing over there. You know, I, I'm, I'm concerned that you don't understand the strength of my words and my communication to you. I'm, I'm concerned that you don't understand my great love for you. But then he says, but then, you know, Titus came and I was comforted by what Titus said that you guys are actually okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you had a little bit of grief, but you guys are actually okay. So basically he's saying, so I get the report from Titus and I'm, I'm better now because I know that you're, you understand what I'm saying. Again, all of this pointed to the humanity of the man so wildly used by God. Mm-hmm. Man, praise God, you know. So, so here we go. Verse eight. For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Now watch Paul. And this is the one, two, three, one, two, <laughs> right? He says, for even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it for, I see that that letter grieved you though only for a while <laughs> as it is. I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly grief produces death. Now I want to stop there because this is how, this is how, when I'm looking at the word, you know, these are the questions that I'm asking. I'm like, man, what exactly is it that Paul is saying? So you look at this word, this word that he uses there repeatedly, grieve, Mm -hmm. grief, right? So this word, the Greek transliteration of this word is lupeo, lupeo, to distress, to pain, or to vex, right? So this is a type of wound. This is a type of hurt. In fact, there's a cognate of the word that gets used even by our Lord Jesus Christ. He uses this word when he's talking about um, the, the, the grief, uh, the pain of a woman in childbirth that, uh, the apostles will have grief because he's going away. You sorrow mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this is in John chapter 16. It's the same word that is used here. This, this deep grief, this anguish. In fact, there's a cognate of the word that is used here. Lupe, right? Um, so meaning that these words have the same root and it is used in childbirth, mm. <laughs> the pain and the hurt and the anguish wow. of childbirth. So this is a strong word. Sometimes we can read these words and we right. look at them and we're just like, oh, he upset them. Right. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> not what Paul is that. saying. Yeah. And and remember, he even gives an indication of how deep the hurt was, was that he was concerned that it could really mess things up for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he's like, ah, I'm sorry that I hurt you, but I'm not sorry that I hurt you. I'm sorry that you were hurt. But I'm glad that the hurt led to repentance. repentance that's right. That's Do you see right. what I'm saying? So when we come back mm. and we apologize for what the word says, when we apologize for what God says 
about human sexuality and sexual identity. What we are doing is we are attempting to lift the right anguish from a person who needs to repent. Yeah. Yeah. What we are doing is we are softening the blow. We are softening the weight of truth. And we're saying, hey, you know what? You, you know what? It, yeah, it's not that bad. Mm. It's not that bad. And so look, mm. what I would say is go full hog on it and just add the rest of it. So, so what yeah. you really need to say to a person is, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that bad. It's just hell. Now, <laughs> now, now what I would say, it, unless you're taking a road down Westboro Baptist and you're doing stuff like that and you come back and you're like, man, I repent for you know, calling. That's different. But, you know, these things for telling the truth of what God said, you know, in, in his word about sexuality, about marriage, about all these things, man, there's no need for going back and apologizing, you know, and, and it seemed like the apology is because of the cultural changes that have taken place. And now exactly I feel right. under the pressure to, to, you know, make everybody feel good with me, you know, yes. feel good about me. That's, that's the problem that I have with where we are. Yeah. That's the problem that I have with the entire discussion is that what it is attempting to do is it is attempting to soften the weight of sin and the right requirement. The Bible teaches us very clearly that the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The wages. So when you have a person who is living a life of rebellion against Mm. God and then normalizing that because, you know, today, you know, we just create the kind of church that we want. We just, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, you know, the name outside on the marquee could very well be the church of what I say goes. (laughs) I mean, that's, we just, we just do that. Right. And, and, and all of it becomes an attempt to say, did God really say, Mm. does he, but does he, but does he really mean that though? Mm. You know I mean? When you put down the one and carry the two, mm. I mean, come on, you know, mm-hmm. like we don't know. I mean, it could be. And, and so, so <laughs> what the danger is, the danger is that when Bible believing Christians who are willing to take the blow, they're, they're, they're willing to get the pushback in culture. This is again, the apostle Peter is preparing us for this in his letter, right? He's preparing us mm-hmm. that this is going to happen. So when Bible believing Christians are they believe it. Come on. They believe the Bible. So, they, so they're telling the truth because they believe the Bible. But then mm. you have other people who also call themselves Christians and then they come back and they apologize. Mm. They apologize that the truth of the Bible offends people. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry because, you know, the church has been used to hurt people. No, hold on a second. Hold on. The church, the bride, the people of God have been used to carry the gospel. Yes. There have been people who have hurt people who are members of the body of Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the Bible deals with that also. The Bible, the Bible deals with all of that. Mm-hmm. How we're supposed to deal with offense in the body of Christ. But it is not fair, nor is it consistent to say that telling the truth has been. This, this is how the church has hurt people. Mm. The church has hurt people by telling the truth. And let me say this. And, wow. you know, and, and the minute and a half we have here. Yeah. To, to put this on par with how the church in America dealt with the issue of ethnicity, that's dishonest. Yeah, yeah. That's dishonest. So now what we're saying is we should see homosexuality differently as we have come to view ethnicity differently. Yep, what, <gasps> oh, I got it. You see said. that? Yeah. It, 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 is, it is a connection that is being made that is a lie. And so it's not just, oh, why? Here we go. Always apologizing. Like, why are we always? No, it's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. 
There is a deception that if you leave it unchecked, it undermines the gospel. He, so yeah, then the yeah. gospel is not preserved for the next generation. He's basically running away from the question Come on. <laughs> instead of embracing it and answering Come why on. you believe. What, what's the hope that you have? You know, he's running away from it. And even to say, I believe in a traditional biblical understanding of marriage. It's mm-hmm. sort of like I want to clear myself with anybody who's going to check me on this. But he also kind of makes it optional for anyone else. Mm. You may not believe this. Mm. All right. We are out of time. (laughs) Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.